Welcome to Your Torah, a 36-week journey into the world of the 63 books of the Mishnah, 18 minutes at a time, a project of Jofa UK designed as a special invitation to engage in Torah and make it yours. This episode of Your Torah is dedicated by Marianne Novak in memory of her daughter, Batsheva Chaya Stadlan. Hello, my name is Marianne Novak. I am currently a third-year rabbinical student at Yeshivat Maharat. Additionally, for over 19 years, I have been and continue to be an instructor for the Melton School of Adult Jewish Learning in suburban Chicago, where I live. Our tractate for today, Pirkei Avot, which for the moment I am not going to translate, could truly be considered an outlier among all the other books of the Mishnah. First, the book does not have a corresponding Gemara to further explain its content. While certain commentaries to Pirkei Avot do exist, most notably Avot de Rabbi Natan, there's no Talmud of Avot. Additionally, this tractate, unlike the rest, has a place in liturgical practice. The five chapters, and a later added sixth chapter, were initially studied between the afternoon and evening prayers, Mincha Amariv, on the Sabbath day, for the six weeks between the end of Pesach, Passover, to Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks. Today, the practice has been extended from Passover to right before the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah. However, the most striking difference is that Pirkei Avot, which is a book of the Mishnah, the oral law that was subsequently written down, has hardly any laws or halakha at all. Rather, Pirkei Avot mostly contains ethical teachings and aphorisms, beginning with Moses at the revelation of Sinai, at the giving of the written Torah, chronologically through the generation of rabbis of the Mishnaic period, the first and second centuries of the Common Era. This transfer of wisdom through the generations accounts for one translation of the title of Pirkei Avot, Chapters of Our Fathers. Since it's full of ethical teachings, often Pirkei Avot is also translated Ethics of Our Fathers. One less translation of Pirkei Avot is derived from specific halachic Jewish legal nomenclature. While the word avot in Hebrew does indeed mean fathers, av, father, and its plural avot, in halachic language means a fundamental halachic category. For example, in the laws regarding the prohibited categories of work on the Sabbath, our sages use the word av, father, to signify a general work category, let's say, for example, bishul or cooking, and then use the term tolada, literally child, to describe a subcategory, such as stoking coals on a fire. Pirkei Avot then could be translated as chapters of fundamentally important halakha categories. While admittedly, this title is somewhat vague and cumbersome, it does convey the idea that the short chapters here of wisdom, ethics, and morality bear careful study and unpacking. One of the courses that I teach is Jewish ethics. Not surprisingly, I and my students study many different pieces of Pirkei Avot. What has struck me over the years of teaching is that Pirkei Avot, while certainly not downplaying submission to strict halachic observance, the learning of Torah, and devotion to community, quite often emphasizes the importance of the individual and the belief that every Jew can, regardless of status, age, experience, and I would argue even gender, achieve moral perfection. This goal can be achieved first by accepting God's will and God's Torah, and then by taking responsibility for yourself to achieve that perfection. This is illustrated by one of the most famous Mishnayot in Pirkei Avot, in chapter 1, Mishnah 14. 
היה אומר, אם אין אני לי מי לי, וכשאני לעצמי מה אני, ואם לא עכשיו, אין מתי. He, Hillel, used to say, If I am not for myself, who will be for me? And if I am only for myself, what am I? And if not now, when? This short Mishnah teaches us about personal responsibility, communal responsibility, humility, and exigency. If this Mishnah sounds familiar, perhaps you remember the actress Emma Watson quoting this, although she did not attribute it to the Hillel in Pirkei Avot, in her memorable 2014 speech to the United Nations on gender inequality. More recently, Ivanka Trump quoted this Mishnah, but alas, attributed it to Emma Watson. Pirkei Avot in the Mishnah initially contains five chapters. The first chapter describes the transmission of all Torah at Sinai with Moses, then to Joshua, then to the elders, the prophets, and eventually the Anshe Knesset Hagdola, the great assembly of rabbis. The statements of wisdom, personal and interpersonal ethics, and the importance of Torah study are presented by their speakers, by their rabbis, chronologically to when they lived. In the third and fourth chapters, the various aphorisms are attributed to various sages, but there's no real order, chronological or otherwise, to these chapters. The fifth chapter initially differs in that it employs anonymous numerical lists. In chapter 5, Mishnah 14, we are presented with a list of four types of people. Arba midot ba'adam, ha'omer, sheli sheli, v'shelcha shalach, zomida benonit. V'yeshomrim zo midat sedom. Sheli shalach v'shalcha sheli am ha'aretz. Sheli shalach v'shalcha shalach chasid. Sheli sheli v'shalcha sheli rasha. There are four types of human character. The first one, one who says, what is mine is mine and what is yours is yours, is an average person, though some say this is a sedom type. Number two, one who says, what is mine is yours, and what is yours is mine, is an ignoramus. Number three, one who says, what is mine is yours, and what is yours is yours, is pious. And number four, one who says, what is yours is mine, and what is mine is mine, is wicked. What's interesting about this Mishnah is that it presumes personal autonomy. People own their property and everything about themselves. It also presumes that only you can decide what to do with your property. Let's look at the easiest paradigm first, which is the last one on our list. One who says, what is yours is mine and what is mine is mine is wicked. This is easy to understand. Yes, my property is my property, but I just can't go and take someone else's stuff. That's stealing, pure and simple. The other paradigms, however, are a little trickier. Let's take the first paradigm. What is mine is mine, and what is yours is yours. On the face of this, it sounds very reasonable. In fact, the Mishnah here characterizes that person as a benoni, the average Joe. But upon further reflection, the Mishnah describes this person as a Sodom type, that description being shorthand for someone who is actually immoral, as if they were citizens of the city with the reputation of being the most evil in all of human history, Sodom or Sodom. While many of you, myself included, when thinking of Sodom, may conjure up images of wild orgies and drunkenness as depicted in classic Cecil B. DeMille films, 
the rabbis in many places described the evil of Sodom as being a bit more subtle. One way the Sodomites were evil was that they were extremely and excessively tight-fisted with their property, so much so that they would never unclench their hands to help someone in need, even when it wouldn't result in an obvious loss to them. According to the Midrash, Sodomites were so stingy, they wouldn't even lend each other a grain of salt. This, according to some, is why Lot's wife, when looking back at Saddam, when God was destroying it, turns into a pillar of salt to exemplify the cruelty of the city she couldn't turn her back on. So while Pirkei Avot and the Torah do not condemn in any way the idea of private property, the Mishnah here comes to teach us that if one holds too tightly to that right and doesn't help people by giving over some private property, society essentially will fall apart. The second paradigm, what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine, on first read may seem reasonable, but clearly the Mishnah thinks this person is an ignoramus. So what's so bad about this person that the Mishnah is compelled to call him an idiot? Its resemblance to communism aside, our sages were bothered not so much that the individual would give over some of her property to another, what's mine is yours, but rather because of the implied, required, reciprocal arrangement. Meaning, I'll give you my stuff, but I'm only doing so because I'm forcing you to give over yours. This arrangement violates the other's personal autonomy, and that, according to the sages, is idiocy. Now it makes sense, then, why the rabbis found the third type of person, what's mine is yours, and what is yours is yours, to be righteous. This person willingly, of her own accord, would give over her property to another, but not with the expectation that the other person would then give over hers. This righteous one does not breach the other person's property and personal boundary, while at the same time is willing to help her. She, therefore, has the greatest moral character. She is pious. These lists may remind you of the famous list of people in our Haggadah, namely the four sons. The use of lists, or to use the fancy term taxonomies, is a very common rabbinic teaching device. What is often surprising to my Melton students is that our ancient sources do have a good understanding of personal autonomy. Pirkei Avot contains many Mishnayot that emphasize respect of personal boundaries, and boundaries of all kinds, whether actual property or even one's reputation. The end of the fifth chapter of Pirkei Avot returns to the structure of the first chapters, which attribute certain pieces of wisdom to specific rabbis. The sixth chapter, which is found in Jewish prayer books, was added later to allow for one chapter to be studied each Shabbat between Pesach and Shavuot. This added chapter, which is entitled Kinyan Torah, or Acquisition of Torah, is actually found in the eighth chapter of the minor tractate Kalah and looks very much like the Mishnayot in our Masechet Pirkei Avot. This added chapter deals mainly with the study of Torah, which most likely explains its addition to the liturgical practice as this would be the last chapter read before the holiday of Shavuot, which in our day commemorates the revelation at Sinai and the giving of the Torah. Pirkei Avot, in addition to its strange title, makeup, and lack of legal material, is curiously situated as the second to the last book in the Seder Nizikin, Order of Damages. Pirkei Avot is surrounded by tractates containing all matters of civil law, tort law, business law, criminal law, capital crimes, and the court system. Why is this book of ethical maxims and morality statements placed among these other tractates? 
A statement in the Babylonian Talmud, Tractate Shabbat, page 31a, may give us a clue as to Pirkei Avot's placement. Said Rava, Amar Rava, B'Sha'ah Shemachnisin Adam Ladin Omrimlo, Nasata Venatato Be'emuna, Kavata Itim Latara, Asakta Bifriya Urviya, Tsipita Lishua, Pilpata Bechokma, Hevanta Davar Mitoch Davar. Said Rava, in the hour when an individual is brought before the heavenly court for judgment, the person is asked the following questions. Did you conduct your business affairs honestly? Did you set aside regular time for Torah study? Did you work at having children? Did you look forward to the world's redemption? Did you engage in the dialectics of wisdom? Did you understand one thing from another? Rava, the Talmud sage, describes when everyone after death in this world will be called to an ultimate judgment for God before entering the next world. Since, according to Rava, God is asking the questions, it is interesting that the first question is not, did you learn Torah, or did you follow my mitzvot? Rather, the first question is whether you have conducted your business affairs honestly. One's behavior in business, however, which at the time was the main way people interacted with one another, not Torah study, is considered to be a clear outward example of whether you integrated the theoretical lessons of behavior derived from Torah into real-life actions. It is very nice to learn Torah, but wisdom in and of itself should not be the goal. Pirkei Avot in Chapter 3, Mishnah 12, actually enforces this point. Hu haya omer, kol shem asav mirubim b'chokmato, chokmato mitkayemet. He, Rabbi Hanina Bendosa, also used to say, In one in whom good deeds exceeds his wisdom, wisdom endures. For one whose wisdom exceeds his good deeds, wisdom does not endure. So then, I'd like to suggest that Pirkei Avot was canonized among the books that deal primarily with interpersonal interactions to remind us that our everyday actions must not only follow the letter of the law, but must also embody the spirit of the law. The spirit and ethos of our Torah, which in addition to loving God, requires us to show our loyalty to God and Torah by doing mitzvot, following commandments, to treat all human beings with respect and dignity. While reading through Pirkei Avot, you might possibly feel somewhat discouraged, how can it be possible to reach Pirkei Avot's impossibly high bar? How can I strive to be more patient, learn more Torah, improve my prayer, be kind to others, judge people fairly, watch my speech, work hard and be humble? Two well-known Mishnayot in Chapter 2 give us a way to conceptualize this seemingly impossible task. Chapter 2, Mishnah 20. Rabbi Tarfon Omer, Hayom Katsar, Rabbi Tarfan said, The day is short, the task is great, the laborers are lazy, the reward is much, and the master, God, is insistent. And then in Mishnah 21, Hu haya omer, Lo alecha hamelacha ligmor, Velo ata ven chorin libatel mimena. Rabbi 
הקפדה שמתן שכרן של צדיקים לעתיד לבוא. He used to say, Rabbi Tarfon, it is not for you to complete the task, but neither are you free to stand aside from it. If you have studied much Torah, you will be given great reward, for your employer will faithfully reward your work. Know, though, that the reward of the righteous is granted in the time to come. The moral standard set forth in Pirkei Avot is indeed very high, but it is the beauty of our tradition that has hoped that all of us have the ability to reach that level of moral perfection. And even if we don't, the process itself has great value for us in this world and the next. This episode of Your Torah is brought to you by Jofa UK, in collaboration with women from around the world who all share a passion for Torah study. If you are enjoying Your Torah, consider sponsoring an episode. Find out more by visiting ukjova.org. Join the conversation on social media using the hashtag YourTorah. Thank you.